So it's been a long time. Get that back a bit. It's been a long time since we had an Alien Caveman Ransom chapter. It's been more than a month. Probably more than that because I was only doing one a month and then I took a month off. So it's been like two months. And we just finished off when the main character, Sophia and Jackson, had, you know, kind of done it. Kind of. They've really done it. Um, she, him being alien, his genitalia was, sorry, so I'm going to summarize a bit, uh, was toy-shaped. So it was still functional in the same way a normal human man would be, but he is alien enough that he had a sort of, I don't know, I don't want to get too descriptive, because they didn't get too descriptive, but immediately in my head I like came up with like these weird-looking dildo things. that, that uh, All right, well, let's just stop there. We're in post-coital moment. Uh, she went to find him to try to get him to help her little crew come back to their village and see if they could help. Uh, they want to they want to try to find a, a new way to live because they know the way they're living right now is not sustainable. So that's where we are. Let me get that up on the screen. Oh wait, that's all done. That's fine. Okay, and let me get on my screen. And here we go. We have changed perspective from Sophia to Jackson. Her breath turns deep, and even I pull her closer to me. Holy ancestors. I have no words for what just happened. I knew mating with a woman would be nice, but nobody had told me that it would be this wonderful and this meaningful. That's how you know he's not a human male. Because he thinks it's meaningful. (laughs) Because this, this was mating. I'm sure of it. Although the position the shaman clumsily described to us when we were all just giggling teens was different. But my spear definitely penetrated her slit. Not a phrase I want to become popular in in common parlance. And then she seemed to get possessed by an angel spirit of ecstasy. And then I will need some time to process this. The whole situation is very strange. I can't understand why she was delivered by the plude. The prophecy doesn't say anything about how exactly she's supposed to turn up at Boone and then in a pool of water under it. But the dirty, dishonest and treacherous plude, possibly it was an attempt at humor from the ancestors. They were never very funny. And the prophecy certainly never mentioned several women. But 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 Sophia has friends, all pretty similar to her as far as I can see. I bury my face in her long, extraordinary hair. I can feel her heartbeat. I'm struggling. I'm just too worked up myself. I bury my face in her long, extraordinary hair. I can feel her heartbeat with my hand and her innocent and and her innocence and trust and basic wonderfulness sends a warm feeling to my chest. She defended herself unbelievably well against the wreck, even killing it. She's not the helpless alien I thought she was. I've never felt this for anyone before. She's wondrous and miraculous. I ponder it. That in itself is a clear sign that she's indeed the woman who will become, who will become the mother... Maybe I'm trying to do too much too quickly. I ponder it. That in itself is a clear sign that she is indeed the woman who will become the mother of Zren and who will restore our society and species to glory, giving us the treasure. No one knows what the treasure is, but I suppose it could be that black weapon she has or possibly that interpreter device. I thought it would be something more glorious and more obviously valuable, but if the ancestors are trying to be funny about this whole prophecy, then I suppose it could be anything. Maybe it's friendship. 
I yawn, then check outside to see if there's anything living nearby. There's not. And the rain has stopped. So I close the tent flap and resume my position behind her extraordinarily ample rear. Nice. The f- there's an airplane going by. I kind of want to just wait till it goes. The feeling and sight of it makes my spear go instantly hard again. But I will not do anything while she's asleep. The first moment I saw her in the water, I was surprised, and I didn't offer any resistance to. M- I was surprised, and I didn't offer any resistance to my first impulse of worshiping her. But now I wonder if tasting her holiest slit while she was not quite there may have been slightly rash. Yes, his first interaction was with her, she was unconscious and he went down on her, uh, which is called sexual assault. Perhaps not exactly wrong, but also not entirely in line with warrior honor and manly restraint. Ooh, he's like a white knight kind of dude. Certainly the prophecy states that the mother is to be worshipped as soon as she's discovered. And the shaman did teach us how, using his wooden model of a female slit. Please stop using the word slit. I don't know why. It's not a bad word. I just would prefer a different word. It's, it, once this was enough. Maybe I'm going to edit this out after. But now I suspect I should be... I should, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all gittery, gitter, gitter, I'm all jittery and flustered. But now I suspect I should have waited until she was in position to demand worship. Well, all warriors learn to let what has been done remain done and not ponder it excessively. So I sexually assaulted a chick, whatever, while adopting one's future actions to what is experienced. Eh, maybe I won't do it again. And now I experience that this delicate woman, m- woman must be revered. Another sure sign that she is the mother was that she has asked about taking... Another sure Fuck me, I'm ruining this. Another sure sign that she is the mother was that she asked to be taken to the tribe. That was my first plan. She was adamant about going to her friends, and then she crossed over into Boone itself, and I could no longer follow. Then I had to keep her safe while she consulted with her friends. The prophecy is clear about the idea that she has to come to the village of her own free will, that she can't be forced to come there in any way. It will be extremely hazardous. There are many bigs and smalls between here and our village, and and Sophia is small and delicate even if she has that little black weapon. She's a, as good as defenseless on her own. It'll be a new experience for me to travel with someone who can't be counted on to protect themselves, but there's no way around it. When she gets there, she will become the mother of Zren and deliver the treasure, and that will bestow an immense status and prestige upon us, the Rexvi. And for me, well, the future is bright, the chosen one. Nobody knows exactly what it entails to be the chosen, but it implies great honor. I kiss Sophia's hair. With this woman, my future is very bright indeed. One way or the other. One way or another. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you one way. All right. Then we go to chapter. That was the end of that chapter, which is good because I I butchered it. I feel really bad. I am just, I'm killing it in the bad way, not in the good way. But let's try again. Chapter 18, shifting tracks to Sophia. Excellent. Again, I wake up with the smell of grilled meat in my nose. You shouldn't have put it in her nose. The memories of the night before come back to me, and I sigh happily. That was sex the way it's supposed to be. Genuinely mind-blowing. I put on my panties and notice that my pussy is sore, and I have, some, I have used some muscles I am not used to. But that's a small price to pay for an experience like that. The soreness I feel everywhere else I blame on the dinosaur that wanted to feed me to its kids. But the herbs Jackson put on me have worked marvelously well. I'm gratified to note that it's one of the herbs that I've experimented with too. I should worry about getting pregnant. 
okay. I guess now is not the time, but since you want to think about it, it's a reasonable thing to think about. He did come inside me, and I doubt birth control is easily available on this planet. This is an interesting question, because I thought alien cavemen was going to be humans who had been taken to a planet and were cavemen, but not aliens. And I thought the aliens would kind of be like either the alien abductors or the people brought from Earth were alien to this world. Turns out she's actually had sex with an alien. So this could be a situation where you have two species that can breed but can't produce offspring. Or they could have, they produce offspring, but it's sterile, like a donkey. So I think it's a donkey and a horse have sex and they produce something else. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Anyways, I'm not going to look it up. I do know it's a thing that they can have one baby, but that baby is probably sterile, so they can't make more of those babies. This is an interesting thing. Will they actually deal with this? I'm betting the chosen one and the worshiping and honoring system means that these two can interbreed. But is that what she wants is actually a whole totally different question. This alien Jurassic planet with no chance of going home. Yeah, a baby is probably the least of my worries just now. No, no, because if you're going to get pregnant, that's going to cause you a whole other subset of issues that are going to exasperate all the problems you already have. I have worry overload. And maybe it would help Jackson bond to me if we had a baby together. Whoa, so she's basically already saying, like, I'm going to have a baby to save the relationship, and the relationship hasn't even started. From a pure survival point of view, that would probably not be a bad idea because I'm not on a safe campus anymore. This is a Stone Age society, and painful as the thought may be, my main priority right now should be staying alive. If nothing else, yesterday's experience with the dinosaur that Jackson called a rech convinced me of that. I sigh and button my shirt. Chances are I'll be dead by the time I have to worry about the slightest bit of pregnancy. I should probably just enjoy myself while I can. There was the risk. So in one of the Spider-Man comics, uh, Spider-Man and one of the, the females that he did, because there's, there's MJ and Gwen, or anyways, uh, he's radioactive. That's why he's Spider-Man. His semen's radioactive and it gives his partner, I believe it was MJ, cancer. And that's one of the ways it, it actually kills her in one of the comics, which is pretty horrible. But it is, again, that's something you need to think before you take something alien inside your body. It could have been acidic. That was something I'm probably proposed because I'm a big alien fan. Uh, it could have had any other sort of effects. And we don't know about diseases and stuff on this planet. Uh, like, I understand passion in the moment and stuff like that. But this is stuff, if you're on an alien planet, you should be really, really thinking about this more than anything else. I exit the tent, and there's Jackson with more meat and vegetables. He must be a super good hunter, because it seems like every time I turn around, he's gutted and skinned more creatures. Well, I'm not complaining. I gaze towards the place where the tuna lacan landed. Now I can see a mountain with its greenery all over it. I frown. Part of it, remains, part of it reminds me of something, especially the top where the tuna can crashed. But I can't tell what it reminds me of. Something big, anyways. <laughs> Jackson. I hope the girls are okay. With the rain last night, at least they should have no problem with water for a couple of days. I turn the translator on. Good morning. He smiles a little wider now that, than last time. I guess he liked our little adventure too. Zopia is awake, he observes and immediately hands me a leaf with grilled meat and some kind of roots he sliced up and fried. It's not quite a potato. It's not quite a turnip. It's something in between. I ask him how he found it and he shows me the leaves that stick out of the ground where those can be found. It's valuable info for the colony back at the tuna can, and I make a mental note to ask him about all the vegetables he knows. I don't think the other girls or I will even be will be great hunters, so knowing where to find edible plants seems important, regardless of how the whole thing, 
regardless of how this whole thing turns out. Jackson takes down the tent and wraps it up into a surprisingly small bundle that he puts in his bag. I make sure I have the gun and the translator and we're ready to go. She has not checked how many bullets she has fired, which I believe is all of them. This clearing seems safe enough, but I know the jungle itself has all kinds of dangers, and I'm going to stick very close to Jackson, and I'm going to have the gun in my hands at all times. That seems like the best, the best way to at least serve, trick. That seems the best way to at least trick myself into thinking that I'm safe. I don't mind the gun that much now. Without it, I would have been eaten by those wreck hatchlings. But she has not checked how much ammunition she has. She's going to dry fire next time. She actually has. She gets in trouble. Jackson tells me to stay close to him, but far away enough that I'm out of range if he has to swing his sword. Then he walks straight for the jungle. I trudge behind him. I'm glad I usually wore, I'm glad I usually wore sneakers to the electronics lab because they're pretty sturdy and comfortable, but they weren't made for this walking in a jungle. Thankfully, the rain from last night has dried up and the ground isn't muddy. I tell Jackson to walk slowly to allow me to keep up. I suppress a sigh. I'm already slowing him down. But walking behind him and seeing those strong legs, round little butt under the kilt, and that broad muscular back, oh my god, I run up to catch him. Jackson, your back. It has angry red marks across it. <gasps> Maybe he's pregnant. The angry red stripes mean that he's pregnant from the sex they had yesterday would be awesome. Over his stripes in his ordinary skin. They're not bleeding, but they look painful. He gives me an expression that I can tell is a smirk because I have seen those before, and he's not that alien. Zopia, enjoy last evening? I can feel my face go red. Oh, God, did I do that? Yep, I look. it looks like something I did in the throes of an orgasm without even knowing it. Well, he did fuck me pretty darn good, and I did cling to him. I'm sorry, that has to hurt. Pleasure was larger than pain, he says calmly. That's a good line. Pleasure was larger than pain. He says calmly and then keeps walking. I scurry after him, both ashamed that I've hurt him like that and aroused at the memory of something that could make me scratch up his back without even noticing. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> oh, it's a little obsessive. I have the in the back of my head that this is like Stockholm Syndrome the whole way. We walk in amongst the trees and I keep a lookout upwards and backwards to the sides in pretty much every direction. I'm jumpy because that wreck came out of nowhere and had me in its jaws before I knew it. At the same time, I'm focused on Jackson, both because I think he might spot any danger before I do, and because he's pretty pleasant to look at, even with those marks I clawed into him. I gaze at my nails. I'm definitely hitting the first manicure salon I spot in this Jurassic jungle. <laughs> oh, Sophia, you're so funny. The day goes on and insects buzz around us, both large ones and not so large ones. Another problem is alien malaria. I take a clue from Jackson and any flying thing gets and any flying thing he gets out of the way of I try to avoid too. Sometimes a rodent-like thing scurry out of the bushes and zoom across the jungle floor which makes me scratch my head. They look like mammals to me, but don't come but don't those come after dinosaurs on earth like millions of years after? I'm not even so sure. This planet is weird enough that I'm not going to make stuff up too. Yeah, so an earth Humans and, alien, and dinosaurs did not live together, but on this planet, these human-like creatures and dinosaurs live together, so small mammals is not much of a stretch, since you're looking at what is essentially a mammal in front of you, a humanoid one. The jungle is dense and hot and humid, and when we've been going for a good three hours or so, I'm starting to feel sticky. But the food Jackson made me this morning must have been full of energy, because I feel like I can go on for a good while yet. 
I, then I hear running water, like a distant thunder from a waterfall. Jackson turns to the left, and we walk up a little hill, and then I see one of the most spectacular sights of my life. A large pool, a lake really, with crystal clear water and a very picturesque waterfall on one end. It's ringed by white beaches and rock pools under the waterfall, and it looks so clean and idyllic, I stop in my tracks immediately suspicious. Is there going to be a terrible monster living at the bottom? Oh, there's going to be a terrible monster living at the bottom of this, right? Jackson shrugs. Jackson shrugs. Monsters everywhere on Zoran. Underwater, not seen. I'm not sure if he's telling me that there is one or that there isn't one. The translator, need, the translator needs some more adjustments. But I don't have a lab here, so I'm stuck with what I've got. Even so, I should probably try to learn Jackson's language at some point. That translator has very good battery, but when it's out of charge, that's it. Unless Jackson's sword has some kind of micro USB. Oh, that's actually dating this, because we've moved on to USB-C now. And uh, what is it? Lightning for Apple. It's going to be a challenge to charge this device. And before I see any evidence to the contrary, and I'm pretty sure this tribe doesn't even have electricity. Jackson squats down to drink from the pool, and I do the same. The water is cooler than the air. It looks pretty tempting. I peer as deep into the water as I can, but I see no monster. Is it safe to swim here, you think? He doesn't reply. Just places his bag and sword carefully on the rock and dives in. He swims under to the other side and then back again in a pretty impressive display of athleticism. Well, if he can, I can. I place the translator and the gun on the rock. Ah, something's going to go missing. I look around reflexively to check if someone's watching, then I strip naked and jump into the water. I get the water in my nose and splutter, and Jackson is there in the same moment, holding me loosely, getting the feeling. I get the feeling he's not sure if I can swim. I shudder. It's cold. The translator repeats it in his language. We're just about within earshot. He lets go of me, seeing that I can at least tread water okay. Cold water, good for Sophia. He says this time he gets the pH sound right. Oh, Good wa- cold water, good sir- for Zofia. Cool down from strenuous night and tent with Jackson. I splash him. I think someone else needs to cool down or he'll get splashed more. Hey, oh God, they're like teenagers. He grabs me by the waist and tosses me easily into the air. I somersault once as I squeal and fall back from what seems like a pretty big height. My landing can't have been very elegant because the first time I hear him, it's the first time I hear him laugh. It's deep and unrestrained, just like the man himself. I surface and splash him again as a weak revenge, and he comes in close and then kisses me on the lips and unceremoniously places his hand on my pussy underwater. The touch turns me on instantly, and I melt into his kiss. He smirks. Zopia asks if monster and water knock now Jackson can confirm there is. Oh good lord. I immediately curl my legs under me, up under me, and reach for the shore to get out, but he gently holds me back. Really? I say with a small voice. Yes, he says very seriously. Alien monster steal warrior's heart straight from his chest and clot back with long nails. He's so deadpan about it, it takes me a minute to understand what he's talking about. Then I splash him. Me, huh? I'll have you know there's already a monster called the Sophiasaurus, and it's not me, so there. I splash him once more for good measure. He comes in close again. Is the most dangerous monster of all. Look beautiful. Entice innocent warrior with female charms. Make warrior brave. Make warrior behave strange, then splash with water. Very terrible. He tosses me into the air again, spinning wildly as I squeal in exhilaration and crash back with my arms and legs flailing wildly. I'd never been manhandled like this. It feels so great. He's insanely strong. We frolic and kiss for a while, and then we make our way under the waterfall, and I just stand there for a moment, and clean water runs down me. Jackson floats on his back and admires me. I can just... 
And I can see just how much he likes what he's seeing because his manhood is sticking up from the water like a periscope on a submarine. I, how did I know that was going to be the one? Like, I didn't say it, but as soon as she said he was floating us back, I was going to be like, he's going to periscope. He's just as turned on as I am. I slide into the water and swim. Oh, we're going to get like two sex scenes in a row here. I slide into the water and swim over to him, then grab his cock in my hand. Have you ever heard of something called sex on the beach? A popular cocktail? As in your cock in my tail on the beach? Fuck off. None of that would make sense. Like, it's not even funny. I'm sorry. I'm not happy about that one. The translator is too far away to catch it, but that's fine. I think my purring is an indication about what I'm saying, and if it isn't, then I sure hope me stroking his cock will do the trick. He looks at me with those luminous eyes and draws me closer to him and kisses me again and strokes my ass under the water. I answer by giving his alien cock a kiss, and then I swim to the beach and crawl ashore on a shady part looking behind me with the best come-hither look. One part of me frowns at the cheap tricks I'm using, but this whole experience is so raw and real. Any sophistication or playing hard to get went out the window a good while ago. I think playing hard to get is pointless. You want to do it? Go do it. You're a strong, independent woman. I want his cock in me again, and that's the fastest way there. He gets it. Honestly, if he hadn't, I'd have to go back to the girls and suggest that we turn the tuna can into a covenant and just become nuns. Um, bit much. He comes wading ashore and tosses his soaked kilt onto the rock with a wet splat. His cock juts out in front of him, the cannon on the tank, and the water drips off it. I'm wet too, in every way. But the sun is helping dry off one kind of wetness. The other kind just gets more intense as I spread my knees on the sand and arch my back, showing all my charms in the most blatant invitation I can think of. In this primal world, and I'm starting to get in touch with a pretty primal Sophia. The danger and directness here burns all pretense and coyness out of me and helps me choose the shortest way to pleasure. And this, openly offering my body to the best man I've met, feels pretty pleasant right now. This position has added, has an ad, has, this position has the added advantage of being best on the beach because it's the only one where I can have any hope of not picking up grains of sand out of my various crevices for weeks after. Oh, Oh, I think maybe this is going to be... Oh, there's two more pages. All right. I, I'm not interested in a second sex scene. We needed to do some more stuff first. Jackson comes up behind me and pushes my knees even wider. There's no reason to wait. And while he realizes that as well as I do, he slides the head of his alien cock up and down my wet slit to wet it. And then he places it at my entrance and grabs hold of my hits. I moan in expectation. And then he pulls me onto him in a way that's so possessive and sexy. I whimper happily as I feel his cock spear my sex. Sex is a better word. Better than slit. Please don't use slit again. Again, he gives my body time to adjust to his size, and when he pushes himself into me, he again stops short of bottoming out. I moan loudly because I know what his cock is like, and I know he's a great lover, and I know that I'll come hard on his cock very soon. He starts fucking me in this position in various ridges and and bulbs massage my insides differently. Just as good as the first time, though, except my clit is left alone because... Oh my God, I don't know how he does it, but he's definitely caressing my clit now. And at the same time, he's holding onto both my hips. Oh, he's got like a tiny third hand or he's got that little tickly thing. Oh, that's, he, so he's an alien sex toy. My brain can't process it and I just accept it because everything he's doing is merging 
to the most sensational feeling, building up a white hot spike of arousal that I know will end in spectacle. The sand feels soft on my knees and the smells and sounds of the jungle around us are so primitive that I feel like I've been transported backward in time to a simpler age where I don't have to, where there don't have to be any games, just sex for its own sake. And Jackson does it so insanely well. He thrusts calmly into me, fucking me like there's only the two of us in the world. Well, actually, since you're the first female, you kind of are in a way. Stimulating the all parts of me that makes me feel good. I lay my head down in my arms in front of me and just enjoy. He's got this. Totally. I can't last long with what's going on. I couldn't hold back if I wanted to. He's downright forcing the orgasm from me in such a natural, relaxed way that it blows my mind. How did he ever get how did I ever get so lucky? I see no reason to hold back, so when he when the wave washes over me I just scream out my delirious pleasure and hear the wet slapping as he increases speed until each thrust into me makes me feel like just a singular continuous fucking. He keeps it going a long time and I don't really come down from the heights until he slows and I'm all hoarse from the screaming and whimpering. He pulls himself out of me and I collapse onto the sand. I know I've said it before, I say breathlessly, knowing he can't understand, but you're crazy in the best way I can imagine. He kneels beside me as I regain control over my mind and body, suddenly have realization. I look up at his crotch. Oh yes, of course. It would have to be something like that. Because of course, he has two cocks. One thick one with all the ridges and things, and one thinner and shorter one that looks perfectly placed to hit, to hit and shape to hit my clit in the doggy position. So that's a big one on top and a little one underneath. Uh, for a moment, the first image I got was alien mouth where there's a big one and a little one comes out, but it's, it's a big one and a smaller one underneath it. I take around both of them. They're different sizes, but the same hardness, and it doesn't look too weird now that I know that he can, what he can do with them. Just obvious. Why can't all men be like this? I never want to leave this planet, I sigh. And at that moment, I mean it. So... We are back in motion with Alien Caveman's Ransom. They've had two sexual escapades. Uh, and then hopefully we're going to move on to the, the town, the village. Uh, I kind of want more plot. I don't want to just do sex scene after sex scene. Maybe that this is it. They've, they, they've climaxed in the middle and they'll go back to plot next. But uh, I'm happy to be back in the flow, just like Sophia apparently and Jackson, who's really good at it. Uh, and... Next week is going to be a regular C. McBee, and then we're back on our regular, take a week off, and then we're back on our regular schedule. Hopefully things continue to work.